The information contained on the Real Health Podcast and the resources mentioned are for educational purposes only. They are not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as medical or health advice. The information contained on this podcast is not a substitute for medical or health advice from a professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. Information provided by hosts and guests on the Real Health Podcast or the use of any products or services mentioned does not create a practitioner-patient relationship between you and any persons affiliated with this podcast. This is the Real Health Podcast brought to you by Reardon Clinic. Our mission is to bring you the latest information and top experts in functional and integrative medicine to help you make informed decisions on your path to real health. Well, welcome everyone to the Reardon Clinic Real Health Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Ron Hunting-Hockey, and today we are continuing our series on integrative oncology, a terrain-based approach to cancer care, and once again, it's my pleasure to have Dr. Lucas Timms, our naturopathic oncologist uh, up in the Kansas City area uh, that's joining us to help us understand a little bit more about what a terrain-based approach really is. So so welcome to the show again, Dr. Timms. Thanks, Dr. Ron. Yeah, excited to dive into this a little bit more and uh, talk about the terrain 10, or at least the first the first few components of that today. Right, we, we delved into that and uh, I think people, uh, we've, we've had some good feedback that people would like to know more about each one, and we will eventually get to an individual uh, podcast for each one of these, but the first group clusters together nicely, and we've uh, got a little mnemonic for it, ME. The E stands for epigenetic, M is for metabolic, and E is for environmental. And you and I had discussed a little bit about how this first group reminds us uh, a little bit of a garden that 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 terrain is a garden and that these three elements are important in terms of the health of a garden so how let's just talk a little bit about that how that would apply to cancer patients maybe yeah i always find myself using that analogy and you're right it does fit I mean, kind of all the, the terrain 10, but these three in particular, I think can help help um, patients and, and caregivers understand sort of that lens that we're looking at the disease process through, which is that soil and weed analogy, uh, whether it's a garden or just a yard of some sorts, um, you know, the weeds being the cancer and really our focus instead of controlling the weeds with chemical control or, or other measures above the surface. It's more about looking at what's creating this environment for these weeds to grow in the first place in the soil, in the terrain of the yard. And, um, this first group you talked about with the epigenetics, the metabolic and the, uh, environmental issues, boy, I just feel like this is where a lot of the juicy stuff is that we do with patients. <clears throat> and, um, so, uh, I, I always love to, love to use that analogy because I think it gets patients seeing the picture that we that you and I look at the lens through. Right, and each one of us, we're unique. We have unique 
genetics and <clears throat> where the epigenetics comes in is that uh, how we make choices has a, a lot to do with the quality of the growth of the uh, cells in our body. And so uh, <clears throat> what, what, how do you, how do you get a handle on each unique patient's epigenetics and maybe explain a little bit more to our audience what that means? Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's important for <clears throat> patients to understand what we're talking about with epigenetics and not to get it confused with genetics, um, which is there, there's an interplay there, but uh, two different sides of the coin, if you will, you know, we all have this, um, this sort of set in stone um, set of genes and DNA that we inherit from our parents, but not all of those genes are expressed, right? We have the potential to express many, many, many things in our body. But actually, if you think about each one of those genes or the, the, the series of, of, uh, uh, of codes for the genes as light switches, and Dr. Nasha uses this analogy in her book, The Metabolic Approach to Cancer, and the genes would be the light switch, and it can be turned either on or off, expressed or not expressed. The epigenetics are the, these environmental factors that act like the fingers that flip on and off those switches. And so, yes, while your genetics are sort of predetermined in, in terms of the potential of things to happen, what actually plays out in people's lives in terms of health, disease, and otherwise depends on the environmental fingers and, and which genes are being turned on or off. And now there is some hereditary effect on, gen, on epigenetics. You know, if, if your grandparents, you know, were Ashkenazi Jews and went through the Holocaust and were exposed to a lot of trauma, we see that that lineage, there's a lot of cancer genes that were turned on. Mm -hmm. And they do have things like the BRCA gene that's overexpressed compared to the normal population and, uh, and a few others. But again, just because you may inherit that gene being put, being turned on because of your ancestors, there's still things you can do in your lifetime to turn it back off or to, or to counteract that, that effect. And so the, the key concept is that the epigenetics are controllable and modifiable. And this is where we look at changes to diet, changes to patients' exposure to certain chemicals or medications, um, rewiring their, uh, maybe the fallout from past traumas they've been involved in. And, um, and that's where a lot of that work gets done is to try to mitigate any of those epigenetic switches that have been unfortunately turned on and led to a cancer process. Right. And that leads right on into the second of the three, which is metabolic and metabolic has to do with, uh, how you choose to eat, uh, how, how you sleep, uh, choices that you have in terms of, uh, your lifestyle. And, right. uh, and so this, this, this is very important that we, we, for example, uh, we, we have a, uh, an epidemic of the metabolic syndrome where people are, uh, they're, they're getting too much refined carbohydrates. They're putting on weight, their insulin levels are going up. They're, 
developing blood pressure and, and a number of other consequences that we call the metabolic syndrome. And, and this is directly or indirectly related to uh, choices patients are making, not only in what they eat, but how they exercise, how much sun they get. So metabolism is a composite of, of all the choices that we're making in our lives. And sometimes we make good choices and sometimes not so good. But these choices then evoke the genetic responses, the, the epigenetics. Right. So you could have the same genes, but I always use the example of uh, twins, identical twins. They have the same genes, but if one of, that, one of the twins takes really bad care of themselves, they're going to start looking different than their twin, even though they have the same genes, because the genes are being expressed differently in in that person because of their bad choices. And by the same token, good choices are, are more likely to help you maintain better health. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, you know, the, the name of Dr. Nation's book is the metabolic approach to cancer. And so it really is a key uh, sort of a, a key foundational piece of what's going on with the terrain and does have a huge implication on whether those epigenetic switches get turned on or off. And going back to the yard or the garden uh, analogy, you know, if you, if you put too much fertilizer on the, on the, on the gardener yard, what happens? You know, it burns everything up exactly. and then you've got, then you leave a weak area for weeds inevitably to, to, to fill in, fill in the gaps. And so, uh, and conversely, you know, if you're not giving the soil the right nutrients, not enough of the right nutrients that can also have a, a weakening effect on, on the soil and create um, more of an opportunity for weeds to grow. There's a lot more to this conversation and it's coming up right after a quick break. Today's episode of the Real Health Podcast is brought to you by the Reardon Clinic Nutrient Store. The Nutrient Store is your resource for the highest quality nutritional supplements. Every supplement in the store is handpicked by the expert medical staff at Reardon Clinic, providing you with the best quality, purity, consistency, and effective dosing available. Visit store.reardonclinic.org to shop online. Hopefully our audience is, you know, catching the idea that conventional oncology is more tumor-centric. You know, what, what are we going to do to to get rid of or treat the tumor. Uh, this terrain-based approach is a lot about the individual that has the cancer, the, 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 the person with the cancer who is now faced with uh, a huge challenge in their life. And rather than feeling helpless, uh, this approach basically empowers that patient to, to take a deeper look at what they can do to take better care of themselves. And then with the, the, the Reardon Integrative Oncology Program, we're there to work with them in that empowerment process so that they can uh, not only feel better about what they're doing, but have evidence-based interventions that uh, are more like fertilizer in the garden to help grow the, the health of the, of the individual. Right. And, and, and the right balance of the fertilizer and nutrients and all that, which, which we are able to customize for each patient, you know, based on our testing, 
based on our workup, because I tell patients all the time, if we line up 10 people with their exact same diagnosis, same demographics and everything, and we do our testing like with them, all 10 of them are going to look different, even though they all have the same stage and type of breast cancer or colon cancer. Uh, from the traditional side, from the tumor centric side, they would all get treated the exact same. But on our end, we're going to treat each one of those individuals differently. Yeah. And, you know, I've often told patients like we'll have we have a call in time and they'll say, now, what do you do to help me? I've got cancer. What do you do? And I say, well, we do a kind of soil testing. I even use that term. Our oncology profile. Oh, my gosh, there's got to be a hundred different nutrient tests and functional type tests that help us understand the biochemistry of that patient with cancer. And, and as Dr. Reardon used to say, what's the most important nutrients for, for anyone that's sick? It's the ones you're lowest in. And if, right. you're, if you're just picking out some of your favorite nutrients and doing a couple tests here and a couple tests there, you might miss two, three, or four really important nutrients that are not often thought about as important. And right. yet in that individual, if you fill in those gaps, the strength of their team is improved. Their ability to withstand illness and to outgrow their illness in better health, that is enhanced by, by those key findings. Yeah, no doubt. I, the testing is so important for us, um, which is why that's our first step with all of our patients. And also, in addition to all the nutrient testing that we do and the biomarkers, we test people for over 55 different environmental carcinogens, right. which leads us into our third category here to talk about, um, yep. which is environmental toxins and, uh, and chemical, chemical toxicities that we oftentimes find in our patients. And this is, for me, this is such a, um, a, big, a big miss from, from medicine. The medical model that we have right now is... We have these agencies like the IARC that has identified and classified known carcinogens in our environment, meaning carcinogen, meaning these chemicals directly cause cancer. Yeah. But and we don't test people for any of these. Well, we do. You know, that's uh, uh, yeah, on the mass scale. We yeah. do, obviously. But boy, how different would um, cancer care be? if everyone was getting tested for these chemicals, which include things like molds, heavy metals, plastics, pesticides, pollutants, again, things that we know are out there in the environment and that are increasing in volume on a daily basis. Glyphosate. Glyphosate's another one that is- Glyphosate, <clears throat> Even if you try to avoid glyphosate, it's in the water. And so uh, there's a number of <clears throat> those kinds of things that we are bringing people's attention to and then that helps them make better choices. And then we have saunas and other detoxification strategies that can help right. them get these chelation, can help them get the toxins out of their body. And that's going to improve their chance of having a better outcome in their cancer care. Right. Yeah. I tell patients, you know, when they say, well, you know, okay, we found, let's say we found a high level glyphosate or mold toxicity or lead toxicity. And they say, well, okay, we've identified it. I mean, how does this, how does this fit into my, you know, treating my cancer and moving forward? And I say, well, removing these toxins at this point is not going to make the cancer go away that's already there, but it can help you stop making more cancer. 
which allows you to stay ahead of it a lot easier, whatever's, whatever's there. And so if you can really address those, those toxic burdens, it not only kind of shuts down the overproduction of cancer cells, but it also frees up resources from your immune system, decreases the inflammation, allows for other systems in the body to start working more efficiently too. Well, I, I simply tell people we're just trying to grow their health. I mean, the best way right. to defeat cancer is to have excellent health. And interestingly enough, a lot of our patients, as they have been in the process six months, a year, two years, they say, you know, it's strange. I, I came to you with, uh, with cancer and I was desperate. And now I really honestly think I'm feeling better than I've felt in my whole life because of the choices that I've made as a result of the testing, the, the IV vitamin C, the various interventions that we do, we are helping patients grow their health, which is, is uh, an important complement to treating the, the cancer cells. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. And that's an important point is that, you know, health is not just absence of disease. Mm. And I think that a lot of times that's the mainstream mindset is that, well, if we kill the weeds, you'll be healthy. That, that's all, that, that doesn't why, quite get you there. Why did you know. the weeds occur in the first place? You know, uh, I mean, if you've yeah. got, if you're really taking care of your garden, you know, we, I'm, sure, I'm sure our listeners have gardened and, you know, weeding is an important part of gardening. Fertilizing is an important part of, you know, uh, choosing the right varietals. You know, this mm -hmm. is the epigenetics. I was thinking about epigenetics. We all are unique in our varietals. And so uh, right. we have to pay attention to these details. And I think a lot of doctors just assume, okay, patients are going to do the right thing. They're going to eat healthy food. But you can't assume that anymore. We live in too toxic of a world. The, uh, the types of foods that are out there, they're not always good. And a lot of people get into food addictions and on and on and on. So we try in a very supportive way to draw attention to these details that are not being addressed in conventional oncology, unless you've got a very uh, upbeat oncologist, this is, they don't have time. They're, they're, they're busy uh, dealing with the illness itself. So I think the integration part of oncology is to help patients figure out what they can do to take better care of themselves. So uh, I think this is a pretty good wrap up of the topic. Any, any, any kind of final comments you would like to make, Lucas, about what this has meant to you and how this has helped you in your care of cancer patients? Well, it's been massive in terms of the ability to uh, organize and really put together customized plans for patients. When we do our terrain testing, we very, you know, we very quickly start to understand where are these, where, what are the biggest terrain components for each patient? And then we can put together that like I said, that customized plan for them um, to not only, you know, something that's going to be empowering to them in terms of making the right changes that they know are going to be focused on specific goals and that we can actually remeasure objectively and make sure that they're moving in the right direction. So I think it's a massive game changer in terms of how we look at patients, how we evaluate them, and ultimately how we help them work towards, you know, their goals of, of creating real health in their, in their garden. Sounds great. I'm, uh, I'm very thrilled with our presentation today and I hope patients uh, who are listening in or hopefully people who aren't even 
dealing with cancer, even if you yourself do not have cancer, what is it? One in two uh, men and one in 2.3 women will get cancer in their lifetime. And certainly we all know people who have cancer. And so this, this methodology, this uh, perspective in cancer care, I think will, will uh, enhance uh, outcomes greatly and also just give people that sense of uh, empowerment because a lot of our cancer patients come in pretty dejected and uh, feeling helpless. They feel like the cancer is bigger than them. And this is one way that we can help people be bigger than the cancer. So Dr. Lucas Timms, thank you so much for a great presentation and we'll see you next time. And we'll be looking at the, uh, the next cluster uh, which is inflammation and angiogenesis. So thanks again. Thanks, Dr. Ron. Thank you for listening to The Real Health Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find all of the episodes and show notes over at realhealthpodcast.org. Also, be sure to visit reardonclinic.org where you will find hundreds of videos and articles to help you create your own version of real health.